and welcome folks to episode 64 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy, aka Inspector Gadget. Yes, Inspector Gadget. You're a big fan, apparently. Apparently so. Yeah. I've just been informed two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been trudging through some older episodes. I was looking for some quotes. And uh, I noticed that Andy references Inspector Gadget an awful lot. Yeah, more so than even I knew. Yeah, just subconsciously coming out of you, man. This secret love of Inspector Gadget. Is it? Is this the cartoon or the Matthew Broderick movie? Ah, uh, the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, Without very, very cartoon. quick to set the record straight on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> helicopter hat and all sorts yeah 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 loads going on yeah well yes anyway dice masters dice what yeah that's it uh card masters (laughs) 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 it's old episode reference time yeah here we are again it's been two weeks can you believe it folks i know it's been a sad and very dark time you've had to survive with other content by other content creators but that's okay we're here now to fill that gap for approximately an hour in your life and to bring some some joy from these fine shores the island of lighty lots going on actually at the moment yeah we have got a a lot to talk about we have indeed more, more so than you'd imagine mm, we have indeed so we'll get into that in just a moment but as always we like to do a little bit of chat and find out what have you been up to this last two weeks andy what have i been up to uh we played a single affiliation game didn't we was that in the last two weeks was it yeah maybe I think so although we haven't played have we because we've been busy and tired and stuff we didn't do last week no no but i think we were about to play that on our last intro right i think so anyway but yeah that was fun i did guardians of the galaxy yeah that solid guardians of the galaxy really really cool the yondu with his ping damage and then an overcrushing humongous rocket raccoon i think that did you in pretty yeah frightening stuff that rocket raccoon when it, when the snowball starts tumbling down the hill um yeah uh, I can't even remember what I played, but it did. It didn't do all that well at all, did it? Really? And no, I can't remember. Either. What are you doing, like villains? Oh, you did villains half. Oh, I did Legion the... of Doom half no. Thunder Bolt. No, not Bolt. No, it was the X Men villains. That was it. So it was the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the Hellfire Club. I was pretty spot on them. Yeah, yeah. You were. You had the had it on the button there, my man. Yeah. So not only did I restrict myself in the sense of going for Marvel villains rather than the broad selection of villains that are available, I then decided to restrict myself even further to X-Men-only villains. And the bottom line is, they don't quite tie together. No. Some good cards on there. Yeah, well, we'll see, you know, Dark Phoenix coming up this year, the uh, Dark Phoenix saga set, so one would hope that the Hellfire Club and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants will get a little boost to their ranks. Um, that may make that as a single affiliation team a little bit more viable. I do seem to remember though we had a single affiliation event one night down at Element, and the Brotherhood didn't do too bad. I think there was something to do with a promo Magneto in the mix. Oh, okay. but, well, if you are interested in how that game went, do check out the YouTube channel. And whilst you're there, like, subscribe, 
and hit the notification button and you'll find out every time we upload a video <laughs> this new mic is having an impact on you i know right <laughs> people who don't know i've just bought one of them dead posh microphones with the little meshy disc what's that called i don't know um the uh, boom cover anyway Spitguard. guard <laughs> yeah, spit guards more like it <laughs> Anyway, it's dead professional. So I, if I sound different, hopefully I sound a lot more professional because I certainly look it. Looking the part. Well, I see, you know, look the part, feel the part, isn't it? That's right, mate. That's right. And that's why you're getting those super slick like and subscribe segue lines now. It's a new year. It's a new Andy. That's right. <laughs> it's amazing what just a new microphone can do. <laughs> hmm. But yes, Andrew is right. Uh, that's something else that we've been, I've been up to. Oh, have you done anything else? You played anything non-Dice Masters related? Nah. Oh. Okay then. Nah. Busy. I went to the football a couple of times. That was fun, but it's not really very gamer related. No, that's um, just to translate that soccer for our North American soccer. Business. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me a picture. I was like, so what, what's that then? What am I looking at? <laughs> Where are you? I don't understand. <laughs> I knew it was a sports arena of some description. Sports arena. Mm. Of course. Cool. But that's about it for me. So a bit boring, but there you go. We're going to have a nice game this evening to tie into one of the segments we're about to record. We are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll give my rundown then, shall I? I've, I've been playing enough for both of us. You have indeed. So uh, we did a draft down at Element Games. Oh, how very Africa. American for you. Mm, yeah, we did the X-Men First Class. So uh, some UK listeners may have caught wind on Facebook about home bargains having 19p X-Men boosters in. So Pembo shot down and bought as many X-Men first class boosters as he could on the cheap and we used them for a draft on tuesday night nice yeah which i won hi well done yeah all just a matter of luck i drew a boom boom time bomb <laughs> i can't you know what i mean i turned uh, to paul at one point and said look mate i'm sorry but the only way my team can win is by spamming so i'm gonna have to spam in my defense actually it did tie together all uh, quite nicely we were using x-men forever campaign box actions right and then i had the angel that when you use an action spins up a dice i had the gene gray that does damage equal to a level to an opponent's character dice when it's fielded and i had mimic for mimic ramp nice it was insane mate it was utterly insane so there was just a ton of two cost actions not just my own but my opponents i had the boom boom time bomb then the angel to spin up me um Gene Grey to get her up to level 3 so my opponents couldn't field anything and then I just fielded sidekicks whatever I could ramped like a maniac and rolled actions no Scarlet Witch could get in my way because I could buy enough actions just to roll right through it so um, me then spammy as what'd you win? did you win anything good? did you get the promo out? Uh, the leftover boosters that weren't used for the draft <laughs> oh nice did you get any super Super rares. Uh, I did not. I, I did actually get a rare that I needed uh, in foils oh, nice. and a couple of uncommon foils, but I get I, I gave the remainder to uh, one of our newer players who didn't really have much of a X-Men first-class collection. Oh, that's nice, yeah. yeah. And then the week before that, we did a theme called 2020, where all of your cards had to be a five-cost. 
How did that get on? Yeah, that was a bit slow going, actually, that one. I can imagine. Yeah, a bit slow going. Uh, and there were some great, there's some great five-cost cards out there, but uh, we were all kind of struggling a bit, so a lot of basic action ramp and global ramp going on. Yeah, I didn't do very well on that one at all. Uh, but still, you know, they can't all be winners. I think with a little bit of tinkering, we can make it work, though. <clears throat> We've definitely done sort of restricted purchase cost things before that have gone better, so we'll revisit it for sure. Cool. Uh, then I had my two-team takedown game. Oh, how did that go? Uh, you must have done well. You lost the, uh, the first two, so this one is your comeback. This one is your No, I lost, lost the first three, and the now I've lost the fourth. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Well, you know. No, I don't. I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it was uh, Journey beat me round one jocelyn round two james beat me round three and peter van der Bell beat me beat me round four i've, I've won my fifth round though oh well done how Thanks. come um well it was the opponent really yeah newbie yeah. sorry is it a noob it is a noob yeah his name's by <laughs> i see what you did there i know what you did <laughs> the audience don't know what you did but i know what you did I'm not. Aware. I'm not quite sure. I'm on the same wavelength of you. But uh, possibly not, actually. In fact, I feel like you're a bit slow going tonight. You're feeling a bit tired, mate. Uh, always, but um, maybe a bit slower than normal. I've just had another big fat juicy kebab. That's what it will be. That's what it will be. And as was reported, when when you eat takeaway food, that eliminates all. You, you don't game. You don't move. You don't. <laughs> no, I'm just sat here slowly expanding on my seat. Well. <laughs> There's worse oh. things to be happening in life. <laughs> Cheeky. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's talking to me. Uh, so that was uh, then uh, non Dice Masters not, gaming. We've not put anything on the tabletop, but I've been on my Xbox quite a bit. I've been back on the Apex. Apex Legends. Yeah, they had the limited time events going on, so I gave them a little a little go. Yeah, what did you think of them? I... What was your fave? Uh, always be closing, I'd say, is my favourite. Oh, I missed that one. That was pretty good. The ring constantly closing just kept the action levels up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't get to do that in a couple of days. I did the uh, little dummy one. That was a bit annoying, I found. Yeah, I couldn't get my head around that one. Uh, but yeah, cool to do the little uh, different li- mini-games. The new season trailer comes out tonight, I think. Uh, I watched it earlier. It's amazing. Oh, I've not seen it yet. All right, right. I'll get on that after we finished recording tonight uh and that's me that's my last two weeks yeah. uh, oh and of course i've been making lots of dice masters related content of course you have we did did one together on our uh, online setups yeah that's right um so as mentioned well or i've been mentioning it since the start of the new year which i'm i'm giving the youtube channel a bit more of a focus and so we're trying out some new format ideas and one of those format ideas is trying to do dice masters related stuff that maybe not team related but a little something else as we called it or now for something completely different and so we did a little setup vid which i think we did a cracking job mate i think yeah. we should reach over and pat ourselves on the back I'll, I'll do that now yeah it is super easy. Hopefully, it shows how easy it is. It's literally plugging in a couple of USB ports, and then that's it. So, um, yeah, try abs- it yourself. Absolutely, and I think that's the that's our intent. So please go and have a look. But our intent is certainly, if you're newer to the game and you're tentatively thinking about giving the 
online Dice Masters uh, have a little dabble in that, then I think just taking a look at it to see how straightforward it is and how basically two techno idiots like us can get online, then you definitely can. But I tell you what, Andy made a, a suggestion that I think I'm going to share it, mate. The MOD Cribs suggestion. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so I endorse this. Good. Well, what what we'd be keen to do is, uh, I suppose, a call out to the more regular, more frequent Dice Masters online gamers is ask you guys to record a short two or three minute setup video, um, MOD Cribs, which is a great name, by the way, mate. I don't know where you got that from, but that's a that was a tremendous bit of naming on your part. I can only try my best. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then send it over to us, and we'll we'll do some more kind of compilation videos where p- people can talk through their setups and give a little bit of commentary. Specifically, I suppose things like what camera you're using, what kind of mount do you mount your camera on, what sort of environment is it behind the scenes? We obviously see the playmats and the hands. So if you game and you're up for it, online Dice Masters players, get your phone out, pop it on video, do us a little commentated walkthrough, two or three minutes, and then Facebook message it over to us, and, and we'll get some more MOD crib setup videos done. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Just I think share to everyone how easy it is. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully the more available kind of views and different types of setups there are out there, then the more encouraging it will be to future online players who might be looking to join us. So we'd love to encourage you to do that. I, I don't, there's not anything more to say than that. Just please, please get involved and help us do our little bit to encourage the online dice master scene. Yeah, definitely. Any problems with sending the videos, let us know because there's like restrictions on sizes, but it's there's work around with things like we transfer or whatever, but yeah. let us know we can. Yeah, ways and means. Wait a minute. Speaking of YouTube, we have finally we've not just <laughs> met a hundred subscribers. We have smashed straight past it. Yeah, we we've done good this last month. And if I bring up the hundred and five, is it? As of now, it's a hundred and seven. Hundred and seven. Booyakasha. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I said when we hit 100, I would do a raffle of all the people that subscribed and send you out a Eric Lang signed PXG. You did say that. I I did. So this is your call. Anyone who has subscribed, in order for me to know who you are, you need to be public and not private. Because even though we've got 107 subscribers, we've got about 40-odd people that I can see. So if you do want to be involved and you do want the chance of winning, then you're going to have to do something to show us that you're subscribing, which I think is to make it public or right. non-private. So uh, we'll do the the draw. Should we do the draw during the next intro? Let's give people a couple of weeks to sort themselves out. Yeah, that works. Let's do that. And, and then we'll draw it and we'll see who's won. At the moment, with only 40 people, one of them being my sister, who ain't going to want an RPXG signed by her. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. <laughs> so get on there, do whatever you need to do, and then we'll do it next episode. Excellent. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah, so a bit of audience participation this week, please, folks. Make some videos and go and change your YouTube settings so we can see who you are for the raffle. Jobs are good, and we'll give it out next time. Excellent. All right. Well, should we let the listeners know what's going to be going on in this episode? I think we should. Okay, well, we're going to open up first segment. We're going to do a classic Ministry of Dice community focus. Lots going on at the minute. We thought we'd take a 
moment's pause to uh, highlight some of the things that are going on down in, and around in the community. What's about to go down? Indeed, indeed, true that. Uh, and then uh, next segment. So <laughs> this episode is actually we've not mentioned it yet, but it's a very special episode. This one. It is. It is a very special episode. It is. So. It is. Sorry, I've forgotten. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got a segment focusing on the reason why this episode is so special and why it's such a landmark occasion in the world of Dice Masters history. In the world of Dice Masters history. Yeah, it works. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, so we've not had any trouble in Waterdeep over this side of the water. Nor is it likely to come anytime soon. Indeed, nor will we be getting the WWE set when all our North American friends are getting it next week, which will be the week this episode comes out. So, defiantly... We turn our back, we turn our back on your new spoilers, and, oh, spoilers, we'll speak about that in a minute, your new sets that we don't get. Yeah, we absolutely. We, so we're going to do uh, uh, an MOD turn-back time and do a little uh, retrospective on an older set. <laughs> and that'll take us to the end of the episode. So uh, buckle up, folks. It's going to be a it's going to be wild a, ride. A wild ride, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be after that kebab I just had. Oh Jesus, mate! Jesus, get a man some air freshener. And on that note, let's crack on with the next segment. <laughs> crack on. This is London Calling. Here is the news. Yes, that's right, folks. It's London Calling. It's time for the MOD Community Focus. We've not done one for a little while. We've not had much to talk about for a while. No, I think the last Community Focus would have been about the MOD, PDM and Euro Championship last November. Yeah. It's a good few months to go now. Yeah, absolutely. But we're, we're back again, Community Focusing, because there's lots and lots and lots going on to talk about and that we'd like to shine a spotlight on. Uh, I think, should we start with the WWE spoiler tasm? Oh, yeah. So this week has been a WWE complete spoiler explosion. Oh, I like that one. That was a good one. Spoiler explosion. <laughs> I'm keeping that one. Spoiler explosion. Brilliant. Um,. So, I mean, of course, North America, This when this episode comes out, it's the week it's due to drop for you guys. So you, you may, or be, may or may not be as concerned. But certainly for uh, worldwide listeners outside of the North American continent, you might want to go and check out the plethora of spoiler selections, certainly until the box-breaking videos start hitting the internet. On It'll be around Wednesday, Thursday time, won't it? And where should they go first? Where should well, they go first? Yeah, I, th- I think the site they should go to first and, f- and probably visit a couple of times would be BritRoller6.com. That's BritRoller6.com. Dot com, yeah, where you'll find a fine selection of high-resolution images with some particularly interesting, perhaps actually some might say the standout spoilers of the set. They keep them for us. They do, indeed, uh, with, with um, expert, knowledgeable commentary on each of the cards as well. Then you might want to go yeah. check out DM Dash North. Well, don't neh me. Nah. I, I wrote the article. I know. I can't write or read, so uh, Chris <laughs> has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just mashing the keyboard with my hands. <laughs> Why is it not doing anything? <laughs> I've just uh, it's that I've just had that vision of that meme, you know, with the guy who's doing the keyboard mashing with his hands, the the animated one, but kind of with your face on it. Any Photoshoppers out there want to help me out with that? Don't bother. No. <laughs> Let's not do that. 
but, but the folks over at DM North, they had Brett the Hitman Hart, both versions, the Team Pack version and the Campaign Box version, because he's a Canadian. Is he? Didn't know that. Yeah, he's a very interesting one, actually. One of the cards is uh, is basically the new Common Kate Bishop. Oh, wow. Wildly unplayable. <laughs> it's always nice when they make an unplayable card. <laughs> I know. It's, so it seems so worthwhile. I know, it's crazy. Um, uh, me and Jordo, our man Jordo. Jordo. We were, we were discussing it <laughs> over IM and be like, "What? I don't get it. I don't... <laughs> I don't understand what's the angle on this. Is there an angle? What's? Why would you print this card? What's going on? But let me read it to you, man, because it sounds like you've not seen it yet. No, uh, I'm not. If Bret Hart is blocked, lose to two life per blocked Bret Hart superstar die. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crap. The only angle I can see on that is if you want to get your underdog keyword off and you need your opponent moment, momentarily to have more life than you. <laughs> <laughs> but if, and if that's your tactic I'm about to say, go home. that's a stretch isn't it yeah but that's the only i can't see the angle on that I, th- I think there's some sort of i think it's a bit of a wwe joke there's a bit of wwe law involved in that right but i i mean obviously i don't know and jordan didn't know uh, so go check that out and then um oh, i suppose we got it dm armada's had a few as well on his channel but don't go watch few? them yeah he's had a few yeah he has had a few understatement so yeah, that's the that's the first item on the community focus. Spoiler explosion. Yeah. Spoiler explosion, folks. Yeah, unbelievable. But more importantly than the spoiler explosion, we've got some events to announce. Yeah, super exciting. Amazing. Super exciting that one. So I'm going to start with uh, if we anybody listening who's out on the Iberian Peninsula. I have had some correspondence from Manuel, the figurehead of Portuguese Dice Masters. Oh, buongiorno. Yeah. Uh, so Emmanuel writes, I'm the guy from Portugal that wants to do the Portuguese unofficial Nats. We are fixing the date on the 2nd of May. Oh. Yeah. It's a Saturday. If you could tell your listeners, I would appreciate it. Who knows? Maybe some Europeans will be around Porto on holidays at that time. We're thinking about doing two events on the day, a modern one and a mono set team event. So it depends on the number of participants, but he'd like to get the word out to other European players, particularly ones, as I say, on the Iberian Peninsula, who might be interested in getting involved in that. So keep your eyes to the, I don't know, the Facebook pages for further news on that. But if you, if that's something you're interested in, I think that's super exciting that Portugal are getting themselves an unofficial Nats off the ground. Yeah, definitely. I expect the Dice Masters European Facebook page would be a good place to go if you were wanting more details on that. Yes. Right. Yes, you're right. Um, and if you and if you're not currently subscribed to that page, I recommend that you do so. Yeah. Yeah. So all your Eurotastic Dice Masters needs, folks. <laughs> but that's not the only exciting upcoming event over here in Europe, because we are here proud to announce the next MOD PDM. Yay! Yes. Uh, apologies, folks. It took a little bit longer to get this organised because we were having to hustle over lo- sourcing locations and there was a few bits and bobs. But I'm pleased to say that the next MOD PDM will be taking place on Saturday, the 7th of March. That started to a halt. All that build-up. And we didn't even remember the date. was it? Saturday, the 7th of March. Saturday the 7th of March, yeah. And that's going to be at GTG Hobby and Games in Stoke-on-Trent. Ooh. 
Can't say I've ever been. Well, it's a great place to be on Saturday the 7th of March. I'll be there. I'll be there. Will you? Yeah, you, you ought to be. So it's it's um it's just north of Birmingham, so it's a good central location really for people to travel to. I'll get the uh, head to the blog or head to the UK Facebook page. I'll get I'll make sure there's a Facebook event and information on the blog so you can get the address, parking information, all that good stuff that I usually put out. Um, this episode's gone live on Monday morning, so I'll definitely make sure at the very latest Monday evening that will be going. I'll get that information together, but I'll probably have it to hand before then. Um, I've known the guys over at GTG Games and Hobbies for uh, many, many years. In fact, GTG Games and Hobbies was where me and Billy first ever sat together with a starter set and tried the game out. Wow. That's where legend started. Absolutely, yeah. And I used to like play. Your origin story. Yeah, and I used to play down there regularly on a Friday. So they've always been supporters of ours. They're, 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 uh, they're, it's a big hero clicks place, really, more than a Dice Masters place, but they are more than happy to support and they, they've stayed in touch over the years. They, they still take a keen interest in what's going on in the Dice Masters world. And the format, I think, we've decided to go for is a little interesting too. Do you want to take it that is. one, mate? I have. So we had to think about what format to do. We wanted something fun, exciting but not too in your face. I've got an Iceman. I've got an Iceman. Oh, I've got an Iceman. I've got an Iceman. So we have gone for modern global escalation. Modern global escalation. Is that, modern what, we're, global escalation. Is that what we're calling it? I thought we had a f- fancier name than that. MGE. MGE. We're going to have MGE. Can we fit the MOD in there somehow? MOD, MGE. Uh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so what does that involve, Mr. England? Well, it's, it's it's modern and global escalation. If you put modern in one hand, global escalation in the other, and you do that. Yeah. That's what you get. So it is modern cards. <laughs> then you've got a format. <laughs> then you've got a format. Easy as that. So it is modern. But the ban list is any card that does not have a global on that was in the finals of... Canadian Nats, US Nats one. Both of them, yeah. US Nats two. Mm-hmm. And the European National Open Championship thing. Yeah. I'm we'll get to... the list together for, again for Monday, I think, when this comes out. Yeah. Band list. So those top eight teams across those four major competitive events. Um, major competitive national events. National events, yeah. I <laughs> 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 think anyone understands what we're getting at there. I think we've laid it pretty thick. Okay, good. You sure? We can lay it a bit thicker. Like the World Series of baseball. Yes, just like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really. I think it's an interesting format because it'll it'll carve away some of the repetitive stuff or some of the stuff that's been quite dominant in the meta, but it's not so deep a cut that things will go a bit awry or or it'll generate certainly the levels of stress that the two team takedown recently generated <laughs> <laughs> yeah that band is crikey bands, yeah we, we we talked over the globals i mean traditionally in terms of global escalation one of the things we object to about global escalation is that perhaps maybe we feel the top tier team global card should be banned too but following some discussion we felt that uh, i don't know i think there's still a place for the clay faces and the creed captains of the world to support some of those kind of tier 1.5 tier 2 win conditions yeah yeah so fingers crossed anyway 
yeah well we'll find out i suppose that's the point but um so we're going to be us- doing the usual raffle as well it's going to be the the standard mod pdm setup so i'm currently hustling around getting some great prizes together from the raffle the tickets are going to come to a total of i think i did it 750 for this one well i'm gonna to have to now i've just said that out loud bargain um, yeah, that's uh, so. That's two pounds to go to the store to pay their table fees, uh, and then the remainder is a donation to help me cover the costs of the raffle prizes. Uh, and because we import some of the stuff from kind, generous friends in North America, it helps us just cover things like postage costs and stuff to get some of the more exciting prizes over here as well. Um, so consider that a donation to the cause. Yeah, but the other thing with MOD PDMs is that it is a play all day event. So there's no top cuts. If you come, you will have a full day of gaming. If you're thinking of coming and you're thinking, oh, you know, I'll play a couple of games, I won't get the top cut, lunchtime, I'll have to go home. Not at an MOD PDM. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, watch watch out for, for the carefully planned marketing campaign to generate future, further interest and spoil the prizing. Yes, yep. Uh, we always have good prizes in the raffle. Uh, so, yeah, good. Cool. All right, excellent. I've been uh, put off now. You've been put My off. mojo is gone. Why? What? Why is your mojo gone? I don't know. It's this microphone. What? Okay, right. Well, let's get it finished quick, folks, before <laughs> Andy goes into a kebab coma. <laughs> Um, uh, finally, just uh, the one big weekend, if, if you've not been in the loop on this. So the one big weekend event is coming up. The dates and information are on the RollingThunder.xyz website. Um, if you're not familiar with what that is, the guys over at the Rolling Thunder podcast do a kind of encourage a worldwide uh, FLGS face-to-face event with prize support that's been hustled together by, I don't know what you call this, like some some random association of content creators What's that? I'm not involved in that. What's that? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. No, no. What, sorry, I wasn't. I don't know what you're talking about. What, it's association of content creators. Yeah. So uh, Rolling Thunder, uh, Arjun and Luke and over at Rolling Thunder are taking the lead, but they're also got CR Game Room involved. They've got DM North involved. Some part of our partnership is involved. <laughs> My invite must have got lost in the post. <laughs> Zach over at Dice Masters with James and Zach. Um, so we're, we're hustling around to tout up business. We'd really love it if we could get one great weekend somewhere between the 16th, on or around, as Arge would say, um, the 16th of April through to the 6th of May. We're just worldwide. Loads of people are getting involved in local play events. And they're very keen to have drafting going on at, at, uh, certainly in North America where they'll probably have draft packs by that point so head on over to rollingthunder.xyz go to the OBW2020 page to get further information if you're UK based then get in touch with me or, me, uh, or Andy because we're, we're hustling around to organise at least two OBW events here on our shores uh, but certainly any of the folks out of Europe if you need any advice or guidance you can get in touch with me uh, or Peter van der Velde, the figurehead of Dice Masters in the Netherlands Uh, yeah we're hoping to do a northern and a southern event stay tuned although i'm a little bit out of the loop so i'm not sure how that goes (laughs) and i think that is that everything does that bring us to the end of the community focus jordo he was on uh rolling thunder he was that's right oh man jordo so go and check him out indeed he didn't he didn't mention us near enough 
No, he didn't. And his Hall of Fame nomination, I was very disappointed. I'm disappointed, Jordo. I still am disappointed. Right. So this Hall of Fame thing, I'm going to just... <laughs> it's It's retired or semi-retired are you considered retired or semi-retired now i mean well, the best, days, are the best days behind me <laughs> that's where i was going <laughs> i think that's that's lined up quite quite clearly in both my podcast and my win stats <laughs> <laughs> all right well you heard it here first folks uh whoever's whoever whoever they've got lined up next for a role in Thunder podcast when it comes to the Hall of Fame nomination. I hope you will give uh, Mr. England here some serious consideration. In fact, everyone who goes on. <laughs> and when they say no, just say no, I'm really sorry, but that's my nomination. And just stand fast. It <laughs> 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 <You> tickled me. <laughs> You've actually. <laughs> I don't know why that's made me laugh so much, but it has. I'm crying. What's, what's so funny about the thought of me being in the Hall of Fame? What <laughs> ex-national champion? It's not. It's not what you're saying. It's the way you say it. It just tickles me. It entertains former, me. Former national champion. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's the end of the community focus. On to the next segment. <laughs> well then welcome back folks and this next segment now well we're, we're recording out of sequence so i don't know if I've, if i have mentioned it in the intro or not i may do i may not when we get to recording that but february is actually a very special month why is that mate because this february is the four-year birthday of the britroller6.com blog happy birthday to yeah. you Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Can you believe it? Four years, mate. Four yeah. years. I mean, largely speaking, we we celebrate the birthday of the podcast. But last week or the week before, the lads over at Rolling Thunder messaged me. They were updating their links page <laughs> on the... <laughs> Did you know that Lucan's a big fan of unicorns? I did not know that. Well, you do now. Oh, so my daughter likes unicorns as well. <laughs> so does Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they were updating the links page, and Arj messaged me just sort of saying, what, what what links do you want on here, blah, 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 blah. So I did, and then he messaged me saying, it's done. Go and have a look. So I went and had a look. And uh, he's written on here, across the pond are kindred spirits and competitors in crime. I don't know what that means. I'm I'm very law-abiding. Chris Trumas Six Williams created a blog post about Dice Masters in 2016, and then he's put a question mark on it. Right. Which then made me go, you know, when did I start the blog? When when was that? You know, just like you do. So I went back and had a look at some old sign-up mails and invoices and whatever, and uh, it turns out that I created BritRoller6.com in early February 2016. Wow, we were, we were. Yeah, so four years I've been blogging about this game. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable, isn't it? So anyway, I thought it might be fun. See what 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 merry fun conversation we can suck out of this one. Um, <laughs> to go back and have a look at some of my very early posts, and just to see kind of how far we've come, how far the game's come in the four years. You know, a bit of a then and now, if you like. Then and now. When you start off with the first ever post you did 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, comparatively, what's very interesting? So I opened the website early February. It looks like I made my first post at the back end of February. And the very first post that I make is a big moany post titled Still No Favour and Under Siege in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Having uh, a big old complaint about the fact that North America have had the <laughs> Favour and Under Siege set all ready for three weeks and we've not seen any in the United Kingdom with no sign of it arriving no change then. No, absolutely. So for a then and now post, talking about how far we've come in four years, I don't know if we can... Uh, well, uh, that's it, folks. Nothing's changed. Next Nothing's segment. Changed. yeah. <laughs> now we're moaning about the new D&D, the Waterdeep one not coming out yet. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, uh, scrolling a bit further up on the post in the year, it looks like I also have a bit of a whinge about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles campaign box being delayed and a bit of a whinge about world's finest being delayed <laughs> <laughs> so it seems that for there's been a good four years of of dice masters product to delay moaning yeah uh, and don't expect that to finish anytime soon folks i think that's a, tr- a part of the brit roll six tradition now that must be <laughs> must be maintained <laughs> do you know what i mean but um yeah so yeah the first ever post for a then and now but it looked like it was a big year for competitive Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. What, 2016? Yeah. It was, it was. I like your um, June the 5th, 2016, dub smashing at the UK Nationals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can remember you doing that, and I can remember avoiding you like the plague when you come <laughs> over to do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, so if there's any any of the boomers out there, I don't know what dub smashing is. It's where you lip sync to to a song uh, on a on a short thirty second clip. But I was intentionally choosing uplifting, you know, competitive songs like uh, what's the Karate Kid theme tune? You're the best by Joey Esposito, and We Are the Champions by Queen and stuff, and getting just getting folks to to dub smash with me. Check you out. You lost a bit of weight, didn't you? What since then? Yeah. yeah, I have, yeah. In fact, uh, uh, random patented Chris Tangent here now. I, uh, I've lost over a stone through 2019. Congratulations. Well, it may be congratulations. It might not be congratulations because uh, that thing that you know about that the listeners don't know about, you know, with the belly. Oh, yeah. Might have something to do with it. Oh. Uh, However... Hey, hey, it works. You're looking good. You've, <laughs> yeah. lost, your, you've lost your your moon face of 2016. So, um, uh, thanks, mate. Yeah, but I tell you what, nice. I've done is I've cut down. There's, uh, I've, uh, I'm a believer in the marginal gain approach, and I've changed sugar to sweetener in my tea, and right. I've stopped eating sugary snacks late at night. Clever boy. Yeah. So if you're anything like me, you can open up a packet of bourbon creams at 10 p.m. in front of the telly. And smash them. Yeah, somewhere around 10, 11, 10, 12. <laughs> <laughs> the entire pack has been demolished. And I think that was a big part of it. So I've been trying to, like, my late night munchies, trying to have healthier snacks or eat some cereal or something instead. On a flip side, if you uh, guys are interested and in look at June the 11th, 2016, scroll down a bit. There's a picture of a very, very live Andy England. Well, that that's the photo that's the first the meeting famous. that's the that's 
where the moment of history where two legends yeah first met their, their paths first crossed and there we are there we are the the fabled captain america hoodie indeed both just play- one chin it's nice yeah both playing our johnny storm teams that's what the meta was there yeah. well that, that was the year of the bard really but I didn't really know at that point it was the year of the Bard, so I was still trying to make Johnny Storm and Hulk work. Yeah. I didn't do too bad, though, for my first national event, whatever it was, 11th, 12th or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but in- interestingly enough, just uh, as a momentary aside, I reported that there were 36 players at the UK Nationals that year. And I think for the years that we have had UK Nationals, our numbers, they've been there or thereabouts quite consistently. But I know we've had some players leave. I know we've had some players kind of come into the game. So over the couple of years, we're probably competitively breaking even on our, against our attrition. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is pretty good. I mean, obviously, uh, we've definitely had some growth through 2019. I think there's much more competitively active individuals uh, in addition to the kind of smaller growth of local store players and kitchen top table players. It would have been interesting to have a UK Nats this year to see if whether the number would hit the kind of late 20s, early 30s as it has done over the years or not. But certainly in a then and now comparison, 2016, when I look at the posts I was writing, there was lots of um, kind of national level or regional level officially sanctioned UK competitive play recaps. There's the UK Nats, and then I've got four WKO summaries in there, two of which I attended and wrote about, one of which TJ Guest wrote about, and one of which Ben Guest wrote about. So uh, Yeah, we had a nice lot of WKOs spattered around the, uh, the UK. Yeah, yeah. So uh, certainly in a then and now comparison, looking at 2016 compared to 2019, official organized play of a wko or national sense has changed a great deal for us over the four years that i've been blogging about the game is that is that what we're doing now we're just going to go through and try and find photos of you yeah Yeah. (laughs) may the 12th 2017 well no no, so you've gone on too far there yeah i just got to the good bit you're going too far oh right i see are you on the uh, uk nats 2017 are you yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, some other interesting stuff, though. Looking kind of through, so it was the my, my most read poster that year was my spoiler review of the Green Arrow and the Flash set, which is quite interesting and curious. I'd written about spoilers prior to that, the world's finest spoilers, for example. I'd done a little review for. I, I think that perhaps a often overlooked set nowadays in the kind of golden context. Yeah, it brought in energy fixes. Yes, it did, and in fact, uh, the Gorilla Grod energy fixes one of the one of, was one of my picks of that spoiler review. There's an eye-catching one for both his game text and the global, definitely. But yeah, World's Finest. It was a good year for the DC if we had World's Finest and Green Arrow and the Flash in 2016. Yeah, we had like a, like a grab feed a month for a while, didn't we? It was Deadpool, World's, fi- World's Finest, bit of a gap. Then it was. Green Arrow and the Flash, Deadpool, and something else as well. Civil War was in 2016 as well. I've got the Civil War set review yeah. in here too. 
and that was back in the day. I seem to be a lot... Uh, any casual event recaps, which is something I don't do a great deal of anymore, but it certainly looks like I did a lot more of back then, was kind of casual event recaps. And a, a lot of the casual event recaps in 2016 appear to be drafts. Oh, right. So even though I'm a bit down on drafting, broadly speaking, and perhaps less keen for blind product as many others are, this year looks like I was getting involved in the drafting back then. They just... There's a picture of Michael Ryder. Is that a shadow, or did he used to have massive lamb chops? Right. So, you know this is an audio... Or <laughs> we, we, we do not know what the photo is that you're looking at, what page it's on. <laughs> November 2016, my recap for Nottingham WKO. I don't remember if he had lamb chops. Mike, let me know. Get in touch. Whether you were a sideburn kind of guy. So that that's all very interesting, isn't it? So it, comparatively to 2020, uh, there'll be a lot more drafting out and about, whether we're doing more drafting or whether just broadly speaking across the community, there'll be more drafting out and about because of the return of the blind product. We're definitely going to see more if there's blind products and it can be done. Yeah, for sure. I'd be interested to know, listeners, though. I mean, if any of you are also readers of the blog, in addition to listening to the podcast, we don't write many event recaps outside of the big events anymore now that might be because when we do have an event we tend to do a bit of a review as a segment on the podcast don't we but if that's something peeps would like me to return to and write a bit more about the stuff we play up here at element games for example or do more written recaps in addition to the audio recaps of when we do like mod pdms and stuff then let us know give us that feedback you can see what we can do yeah, a lot of moaning in here. I'd say one set that did leap out to me, talking about a then and now comparison. The title of the post is, I seem to tie rounds a lot. Yeah, with you looking all sad. And the, the, the whole kind of theme of the post is about the fact that I, in a best of three, I seem to go one and one all the time. And my win-loss and tie ratio, like my, t- my tie numbers were as much as my losses. It was ridiculous. Do you show your win stats on there yeah so at that point at that point in 2016 november 2016 i had 49 wins 23 losses and 20 ties do you want me to log in and see what my current stats are yeah go on let's have a look in the then and now brit roller six this is your life right jesus what uh, so my wins are 284 my losses are 202 and my ties are 64 I think you've gone past that ties then. Well, yeah, my stats was, I said 20% of my games played were a draw. So I've played 550 games, official games on the win over the four years. That doesn't sound a lot, really. That's like over 100 a year. Uh, I tie just under 12% of my matches now. That's an improvement, well done. There you go, thank you. You can take credit for that. Training You're welcome. Me up. Training <laughs> me up. Getting me uh, improving my competitive mindset. Get your head in the game. Yeah, but I thought I just thought it was an interesting post, really, because I suppose from the you know we may have some newer listeners who are tuned in right now, who are currently in their kind of play journey at this point that I was in back then, and those people kind of they hear me talking about you know coming third in UK Nats last year, uh, the year before last coming in the top eight at Euro Nats, winning an online tournament, winning a couple of MOD PDMs. But, you know, back then, I couldn't figure out how to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's definitely testimony to sort of some 
persistence and patience with yourself and it's been it wasn't until sort of three years later that I actually started even vaguely winning anything close to and even then I'm still a relatively mediocre player by comparison but it did make me chuckle to think well that's isn't it funny what the things that are on your mind at the time yeah yeah, yeah tell you what, scrolling up past all these whiz kids open posts got me well jealous yeah it does seem to be I mean there was enough WKOs going on and I attended enough WKOs event that was pre-UK Nats 2016 and then the next season's worth that was at the back end of 2016 going in it looks like most of them are around sort of October November time looking at the post dates here so the whole year looked well catered for yeah you know there was certainly enough content to be writing regularly on the subject I was putting out a post at least once every every week February the 4th 2017 is Star Wars Destiny a risk for the survival of Dice Masters nope well we know the answer to that one now don't we yeah absolutely Uh, I believe that was my prediction also that it was going to turn out to be too expensive and competitively unsustainable and do you know what happened what happened turned out it was too expensive and competitively unsustainable god what a surprise yeah prophetic mate i'm prophetic oh look there's more february 2017 more the whiz kids opens yeah absolutely although we're talking about 2016 stay stay focused stay focused well, we've been talking about 2016 for ages all right okay well, I gotta, 15 minutes i get it i get it yeah i'm gonna kingpin us now anyway but yeah i just wanted to bring it up because i'm actually quite pleased and proud to you know about the website running for four years now and look where we are now we've got a podcast youtube channel you know active on the social media in a very typically british way of dealing with things we've created an empire a great british dice masters empire (laughs) (laughs) oh that'll bring my union flag fan out the woodwork i'm sure (laughs) oh look may the 12th 2017 Right, okay. Special guest post. Andy England, UK national champion, 2017. Right, t- right now I see what's going on That's here. That's brilliant, this one. Now I see what's going this on here. This is the best one on here, I way. see it's why you were trying to post on here. drag the conversation towards 2017. I see I'll, write, I'll write this. I see what's happening now. It's really long. Yeah, it was heavily edited. And by edited, <laughs> I mean improved. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. All right, I'll wrap us up. That was a bit of an indulgent. An indulgent segment. I'm sure you'll all, all forgive me for the indulgence, but uh, yeah, it just like I say the other day, I got to think about when did I start the blog and went back and had a little look and thought, Jesus, four years this February, unbelievable. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go and check out uh, BritRoller6.com and look at all the posts. <laughs> scroll down. You have to scroll down and click all the posts and keep it going for a while, which you probably heard me do in the background. Yeah. Uh, I'll search for stuff using the tags. I'm good at tagging. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do the tags. There's a wealth of resource in there to improve your game. Right, wrapping it up. On to the next segment. Yes, welcome back, fine Dice Masters folks. And I suppose, even though in the intro we expressed our reason for doing this next segment, I think even more so now that you understand why this is such a, a special episode and why there's such a r- retro kind of feel to it all. What was his name? RJ Retro. RJ Retro. What a guy. He would be my nomination for the Hall of Fame. Would he? Yeah, he would. Totally. I hate you. I um, love you. So, uh, yeah, uh, just incidentally... Oh, actually, yeah. no, hang on. I've not, done, I've not finished the intro yet. So we're doing a turn back time. <laughs> And it's back in time, back time. 
That's share. Yeah. Actually, just a little known fact for the listeners, I don't know if you're aware of this, but... Uh, late in the game for one of these. In Andy's, in Andy's long and varied history of worldwide travel and careers, he spent a little bit of time uh, out in the United States as a costume designer. I did. Yeah. We may have even alluded to it or mentioned it previously before, because, in fact, I think your time spent with the WWE and doing the WWE costumes was mentioned, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, which which was uh, linked in with, with, with work with Cher. Well, I, yeah, exactly. This is what I was going to go on to say, because would you believe it, folks, that Andy actually is, is not only a costume designer, he's a, an award-winning costume designer, uh, because it was Andy here who actually created the famous Turn Back Time Cher outfit from the music video. That's yeah. right. You heard it here first. Absolutely, yeah. He's, he said, actually, at the time, you may remember this, Andy, but he said you were inspired by the outfit your mum used to wear to collect the post from the postman. There's <laughs> Vivian Westwood, there's Jean-Paul Gaultier, <laughs> and then there's Andy England. <laughs> anyway, turn back time, and we're going to talk about the Justice League set and take a little kind of retrospective look at Justice League. Uh, in one part defiance because we've got no new stuff over here but in the second part to acknowledge the fact that this is the four-year anniversary of the Brit Roller 6 blog and if you haven't got a new set you can literally turn back time have a look at all the old crap that's in your cupboard that you're not looked at for a while and let's try and make a team out of it absolutely right yeah and incidentally I'll, t- I'll tell you my incidentally now Justice oh. League was the first set I really bought in on was it yeah so me and my mate Billy as I mentioned earlier on we had a uh, an AVX starter and a UXM starter that we that we just picked up to try the game out um, but it was Justice League when I kind of properly started buying boosters and it was Justice League where I started playing competitively down at the I say competitively you know casual competitive down at the FLGS nice was that element uh, it was yes yeah yeah, and a little bit of GTG. Another little bit of your origin story there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and yours. And my one, yeah. How appropriate. Um, so, do you, would you like to get us out of the gate, Mr. England, with your uh, thoughts, reflections on the Justice League set? Yeah, well, and I've written notes because I've actually got a bit prepared. I know you um, so Justice League, I found, is a set of highs and lows. Ooh. Do you like that? That's oh. a leading statement. Um, so basically, like it's got some really good cards in. It has. And it's got some absolute dross in it. True. That was my little lead-in. Uh, so cards that that stand out, I mean, there's loads that stand out. You've got things like the Super Rare Constantine. Yes, absolutely. 50 quid purchase off of eBay for that. <laughs> um, you've got some really nice kind of, I'm not sure if you'd say like top end, but really good competitive cards. Uh, Firestorm was one that you could build a team around. Yes. Um, so let's so Constantine, which let me read the text from this foil I have in front of me. While Constantine is active before your opponent's clear and draw step, you may name a character die. That character is fielded this turn. Ignore its text until the end of turn, and it cannot attack this turn. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's got the word turn in that. And too many times but yeah a staple a staple in the competitive play of 2016-17 really good anything that's fielded is blank that turn and card attack yeah i mean it was just the it was the go-to card for this was in the age of gobby bard yeah give by yourself an extra turn to hopefully stop that vicious attack i used to use him against guy gardeners a lot beholder stops that yeah yeah gives you turns grace Used to keep them at bay with Constantine. 
Yeah, it pretty much any when fielded effect gets completely stopped with it because it's blank the turn it comes in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anything like that is is blinding. So that would, I would say that would be my top card from the set. Well, hang on a minute because I'm I think, hanging. I think you're overlooking the fact that this set has literally the best card in the game in it. <laughs> I had not overlooked that fact. <laughs> I, I mean, was building up to it. Oh, okay. Sorry, am I jumping the gun? No, no, jump, jump the no. gun. Because uh, of course, folks, the, the reason why you should buy in heavily on the Justice League set is to get your hands on the best card in the game, and that card is, yeah, Vixen, Mari McCabe. That is indeed the best card in the game. Just no two ways about it. Just me, er, everything about that card is elegant. Let me read the text out on this card. Sure. And there you go. I mean, honestly, that's in that mind blowing. That's just mind blowing. It's great. However, you know, if we if we were to, you know, I think it's unfair to compare the rest of the set to Myron McCabe. So if I was to go to the second on my list that I believe is the best the best card, it'd be Black Manta. Oh, you'd rate Black Manta above Constantine. Deep Sea Deviant. Well, I suppose yeah. probably not actually. To be fair, Constantine as a control player is very was very attractive to me then and remains attractive to me now. And had he not been on the ban list for global escalation, I would be turning to him. Um, although I did yeah. use anti-hero in, in my European, well, the, uh, the action one. Yeah, yeah, but which is also in the set. Up, let, let's read that out, shall we? Constantine anti-hero. While Constantine is active, once per turn at the end of your opponent's roll and re-roll step, you may make that opponent re-roll an action die. And now that could be an action die that they roll that turn. It could also be a continuous action die. Indeed. The likes of imprisoned. That'd be imprisoned imprisoning your dice mm. um what else or other things do you get there's constant ones uh well back in those days or certainly around when warlight came about anti-hero was a popular pick for lantern rings getting lantern rings re-rolled lantern ring that was it yeah yeah limited only by imagination that was certainly popular pop- a popular pick yeah, it was just handy to have around. You know, I've certainly faced a fair few times where people were trying to pop an angry issues on a massive Superman or something. You know what I mean? Uh, not yeah. angry, not, is it angry issues in Justice League? What was it? Uh, not angry issues. Um, yeah, it's angry issues. Is it angry issues? Yeah, it's got the Red Lantern dude on the front. Oh uh, yeah, do you know why I'm getting confused? Because there was a promo, wasn't there, with the classic Superman 1939 first cover, wasn't there? Was it? What, yeah, with... a- action comics, where he's holding the the car over his head. Ah, oh, that's thrown car. Oh, that's thrown car. Is it? Is that not the yeah. one that gives him the? No, that's uh, give two people over crash and plus one. Oh, okay. Well, equally though, that might be one you'd want <laughs> anti-hero <laughs> too. Yeah. No. So the reason I'm, I'd probably uh, edge out the Constantines with. Uh, Black Manta DC Deviant is because yeah I love the control and actually probably in the cold light of it it's a better card but Deep Sea Deviant you could build a team around Constantine you couldn't yeah Deep Sea Deviant I'm not going to bother with all the the rest of it I'll just do the uh, the text uh, which has got retaliation which is if one of your villains is KO'd deal one damage to your opponent for each of your active villains so if one of your villains dies then if you've got a line-up of other villains, then you're doing a boat ton of damage. Had that happened to me more times than I'd like. Play a new, mate. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it, that clearly appeals to me from the direct damage. But um, in terms of sort of ranking what the standout cards are in the Justice League set, I think, I suppose the distinction there is that Constantine would prevail on a number of teams, whereas Black Manta Deep Sea Deviant, you build a team around. Yeah. There's another card a little bit like Constantine which you could throw on a team and make it work and this was US Nats 2000 I want to say 17 it might have been 16 actually uh, and that's the Solomon Grundy which is uh, Solomon Grundy yes, when Col- Solomon Grundy is KO'd other than by damage from an attacker or blocker KO an opposing character and that was the lack of restriction on the KO an opposing attacker character not Kataka, KO an opposing character. That I think that was used. Yeah, I'm sure it was like US Nationals 2016. I can't remember the dude's name. He might have been on Rolling Thunder. So yeah, so you could KO your character. I'm thinking I can't remember how they did it, but I'm thinking Blue Eyes. Yeah, yeah, most likely. So you could do it on your turn. You could do it on their turn, and immediately you can KO a character of choice that is on the other side of the board. Yeah, uh, super super strong. Yeah. Although Solomon Grundy, uh, thinking about the set just on its own, Solomon Grundy is an example where there's lots of great game text, but they, they're they quite steep. And Justice League as a set on its own didn't have a great deal of ramp stuff going on. No, you're right. So you're Five cost, five cost shield is. Yeah, and there were lots of great sort of five and six cost in the set. Uh, I remember back then playing around with, I used to like the Justice League teams. There was lots of kind of different sort of, combos of justice league archetypes so you could do like they had a retaliation theme in there with batman and aquaman and a cyborg that all had retaliation there was a green lantern theme you know the one where he attacks and he makes everyone plus two plus two yeah you know so there was all these kind of great little um synergies in justice league but i remember always struggling the the only thing you really had was sort of ant-man not ant-man ant-man aquaman Aquaman, Aquaman, uh, making them a little cheaper, and then Wonder Woman making them a little cheaper. You know, you, you, there wasn't much like big ramp. You had to go for these sort of these alternative sort of discount approaches. Or there was a Joker that was played with a lot. The one Harley Quinn. Yeah, so you'd have to get your Harley Quinn out because she discounted the Joker. Then you'd buy a Joker who was a five cost, and he was kind of like a precursor to Blob. Although I think it was just couldn't field, wasn't it? Not oh yeah, mm. when fielded. Choose an opponent's character card, cancelling all previous choices. Your opponent cannot field that character while the Joker is active. Yeah, it was just field, but kind of like a precursor. But it was a five cost, and the fielding costs were painful. Like Batman, I remember that Batman, and he was really good because when you fielded a Justice League character, you gained a life, and then when a Justice League character was killed, he had a retaliation of one. And you could do cool things like pair him up with the Zatanna that lets you prepper die when she's KO'd. So you'd field her, gain a life, KO her with blue eyes. Um, but you needed that stuff from the other sets to make it work. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So I, I suppose going back to your highs and lows, one of the lows I always used to find is when, when I was just trying to play with stuff in set at that point um, before later on when kind of more DC stuff came along or um, there was you know, the age of PXG or what have you. Yeah, with Retaliation, I think it was the first certainly affiliation that I clocked on that actually worked well together. It didn't work perfectly and certainly didn't work as well as if you kind of mixed everything up and built throughout all the sets. But a Justice League team was decent and had some nice synergy between each other. 
that was the first time I think that I saw it and then obviously they've built one out over time and there's that Guardians team I played the other day that's got some really nice interactions between cards with the same affiliation that was I think the first time that we'd seen it in Retaliation which just is an epitome of that because it's when the same affiliated character is knocked out it's just simple but it works really well yeah, I'd agree. I mean, we had X-Men and Avengers, didn't we, in the Marvel sets, but I think you're right. I mean, correct, correct us if we're wrong, of course, listeners, yeah. but um, I don't think there was so much of a kind of tribal focus um, in the DC Justice League set, was certainly the first time. I'm going to build a villain team, and I'm going to put Deathstroke, Black Manta, Lex Luthor, you know. Oh, Solomon Grundy's a when KO'd effect. Black Manta's retaliation when a villain's KO'd, Oh, right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that kind mm. of it all tying together. Although that reminds me, I was used to, there's a cheater, a great cheater in there that I used to chuck on my villain teams, the uh, Cursed Archaeologist. Yes, that is on my list as well. It's a cracker. Yeah. She reads, when cheater attacks, she deals one damage to the defending player. And back in those days, you know, that was re cheeky doing that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Block her, oh, don't block ping, her, ping, whatever. Ping, 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 yeah. ping, constantly getting just battered with a cheater. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, there was definitely, you know, that's an example of the highs, I suppose. But I always struggled to. There was no ramp. You had to buy a car, uh, buy a dice, get it fielded before you could sort of buy the next dice. And it was kind of a slower game if you were yeah. sticking just with the Justice League stuff. Which is quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, well, you, you and the listeners will know full well, certainly regular listeners, that, that that appealed to me a great deal. Plus, I'm a DC fanboy, so those two things together definitely helped really embed in my love of the game of Dice Masters. Yeah, Firestorm as well, on a similar vein, I, I mentioned him earlier. That's a super strong. Yeah, so is it when you feel bolt characters? Is it that one you're thinking of? Yeah, so whilst he's active, when you feel a bolt character of any description, including another Firestorm, yeah. deal two damage to target character or player. So you get he's a five cost again, what you yeah. said about him being expensive, but if you can get him out and then you spam some bolts from other sets, like that one cost Chewinga that's out now, but you know, there's plenty of. There's a Iron Man, I think a three cost Iron Man from Age of Ultron, which was a bolt, no text, but really good stats. Buy a load of them, and then you just field in some bolt characters, doing two damage each time, throwing them at your opponent. You can do the damage to the character, or you can do it to the player, so you can whittle the field down. Super strong once you've got the uh, the wheels turning on that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So really another, an, another example. Uh, and talking about cards from that... I was talking very much inset, but talking about cards from the Justice League set that had a, a wider staying power. Let's not forget Villainous Pact, of course. How could we forget that? One of the best preps in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Got the prep global. But actually, um, uh, in in a villain team or a team with strong villains, the game text of the card itself was great. Yeah. So your opponent, they, they choose one non-villain dice, and then all the other non-villains can't block so all they had was their own villains or that one non-villain. If they if they didn't have any villains, that was it. They had one blocker, um, which was pretty epic. Yeah, I tried that once, but I had Blob and the Collector. Oh. <laughs> so it didn't really work. Yeah. You know what you needed? Callum Global. Yeah. Mm. Switch those attacks and defences. But yeah, it's a, that is a definite awesome card you were just saying that the basic action cards were rubbish but that's an amazing card well yeah it is but broadly speaking well so what what me and andy have done 
to kind of follow through this retrospective look is to build some Justice League only set Justice League set only teams uh, to play against, and we'll record it and pop it up on the YouTube channel. And so my comments about the basic actions was in the sense of trying to make it work in a Justice League only team. Uh, Although, like, I don't. If anyone's ever played the Phantom Zone, please drop me a line and let me know what what team it was and how it worked and how you pulled it off because I don't get the point of that card at all. I'll let you know later, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you who isn't in this set is Kingpin. See, not before we do Kingpin. Oh, okay. One of the lows in the set is don't bother chasing the super rares. Get Constantine. But the Flash oh, yeah. and Catwoman Jesus. are doggy doo-doos. Yeah. The Black Canary was mm, all right, but I wouldn't spend a tenner on her. But Thank yeah, the, the, those two, like chasing the Super Rares just for a collector maybe, but the abilities are dogs. I agree with you. Uh, was this a set with a Super Rare Joker in it? Uh, no, it was, it was Constantine, Catwoman, The Flash and Black Canary. Right. Right. With the four Super S Joker, I think, was um, world's finest, although I'm not quite sure. Okay, yeah. Well, I would agree with that With that selection of four. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like weird, isn't it? They do like one of the best cards that was ever done, and people have used it to death in uh, Constantine. And the other three, absolute bobbins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. I entirely agree. Yeah, there's been a few examples of that over the years, though, wasn't there? There has, but like to the extreme in this case. Yeah. Uh, that like really poor, really really poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. And on that note, uh, we'll wrap this segment up there. But we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, what what were your standout cards from the Justice League set? Were, were you playing when it came out? What what did you rush to make teams out of? Did you like it as a standalone set, or um, are there cards that sort of prevail for you that you like to go back to when you're building golden teams uh, what are your lows what are the cards where you think oh what were they doing there uh, and then also please send love letters for Mario McCabe as well I'd love to hear from you fellow fans but don't write to me if you disagree because you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> alright mate should we wrap anything any final thoughts no no kingpin alright kingpin it is on to the last section well, there we are, ladies and gents. As all things must, this episode has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we did. Yeah, we did. Even though we're, we're both a bit sleepy, I think, tonight. Yeah, I don't think it tells. No, well, I, you know, I'll take care of it in post. <laughs> in post. Sort it in the edit, innit? Yeah. yeah. Um, but before before we disappear, so one last reminder, UK players, MODPDM, 7th of March at the GTG Games and Hobbies in Stoke-on-Trent. Keep an eye out on the BritRoll6.com blog or the UK Dice Masters players Facebook page for further information on that. And also where to go, you know, book your ticket and parking information and blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel uh next episode we'll be drawing the winner of the subscriber competition and you have two weeks warning or probably more like 10 days warning that if you want to be involved in the draw get your subscription and make sure that it's not private so i can see it yes yes absolutely and should we uh, should we go for 200 now i think so yeah yeah so 
Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends down the FLGS. Tell your friends online. Uh, Make sure all the people you play Dice Masters with around the kitchen table. If you play with your son, open him up a YouTube account, get him to sign up. If you play with your daughter, open her up a YouTube account, get her to sign up and subscribe. If your wife has a YouTube account, get her to tune into the MOD as well. It's entertaining in addition to being great Dice Masters content. I like that. That was slick. Yeah, and again, all improvised. I just did it on the spot. That's good. Yeah, so 107 YouTube subscribers at the moment. Let's build that. We've got to catch the cookers. Hashtag catch the cookers. <laughs> we'll get there. It might take a while. Let's do that. MODPDM. Anything else we need to add? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, just, yeah, keep your, keep your ears to the ground for any further news on One Big Weekend um, in your local area. Uh, all right, then. Well, that brings us to the end. I've been Chris, a.k.a. Drew Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. The Coronavirus. Oh, God. <laughs> There's posters every. Have you been to Wuhan lately? Wuhan, Wuhan. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye-bye. You've seen this, the uh, the conspiracy theory about the the company that's in Wuhan that's got the same symbol as the company that released the virus in oh the the zombie game Dead Rising Resident Evil the oh. Umbrella Corp right okay so and Corona is a is anagram it? of Raccoon and Raccoon City was where it all started. Too many coincidences. Right. So are we are we are we? The belief is that this is now the beginning of a zombie outbreak. I think so. I think that's obvious. Right. Okay. I've been stockpiling tinned food for months. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, uh, I hope I've got a contingency plan. I know you'll have a contingency plan. All these non-nerdy types who don't have contingency plans. Well, that's on them now, isn't it? Isn't it? Nerds will rise and rule the world. Absolutely. Underground, whilst we're hiding. Yeah, and that's fine. We'll we'll have plenty of dice to roll to keep us busy. Yeah.